Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. You got that rocker, MJ in the house, otherwise known as Marty Janetti. You know how we do rocking and rolling, starting and strolling, and we're doing it right here on the Rundown Wrestling Network. Keep on rocking. Yeah. Look in my eyes, what do you see? The show on the rundown wrestling network this is the a e w rundown my name is adam i'm your host salas here what's up buddy what's going on man you know i've been thinking i've been thinking because next week or actually tomorrow night as it were AEW celebrates dynamite's two-year anniversary yeah, they're actually almost doing it on the right date this year. Which means we have actually been doing this show for two years. I was just going to say that. 102 is a very uh, very appropriate uh, very appropriate episode number for this week. Given that literally literally two days ago was our, was our first uh, episode two years ago. Uh, we are live to the world at twitch.tv slash the Salzer Effect. Astro would like to know if you're recording because you didn't double check this time. Yes, I am. <laughs> I am recording. Thank you. Yes, two years of dynamite. Two years Who, of doing this show. Who'd have thunk we'd made we'd made it this far? No, I thought it was gonna be like fucking NWA, and we'd have like five episodes, and then you never hear from them again. <laughs> Not with a TV contract. You can do that shit on YouTube. You can't do a that good shit point. with a TV That's contract. That's a good point. Uh, how's your day been, buddy? Not bad. Went to the dentist, got my cleaning done this morning, mm. and then just, uh, hung around. I <laughs> so I was like, I'm going to make big ZD for supper. So after I, after I got out of the dentist, I went to the store and I got the stuff that I needed to make big ZD. And then I came home and I was hanging out on Twitch and it was right around three o'clock. I went... Oh, fuck, I didn't buy ZD. So I had to go back to the store and, and, and buy the ZD. So then I came I came home from that, and I started making the baked ZD. And once you put everything together, the next step says, loosely cover in foil and bake for 15 minutes. We didn't have foil. So I had to go back to the store and get foil, and then come back and cook the ZD. 
So I made three trips to the grocery store today. For one for one dinner. Um for the record I love Vig's eating. So it was, it was so good. My kid decided he didn't like it because he didn't like the ricotta cheese. I'm like, since fucking when? You pain in my ass. I don't like too so, much. So he didn't eat supper. So this might surprise you. I don't like too much ricotta cheese, but I'll, I I don't mind some. You know, I feel like you got to have it like in the lasagna, in the big ZD. Uh, to be fair, I did it in the wrong order. I, re- I misread the instructions. You're supposed to put the ric- – you dollop. You dollop. You dollop the ricotta, and then you put the sauce on it. I did the sauce first, and then the ricotta. I did it backwards. It was it was fucking fine. He's just a pain in the ass. You know, I wasn't planning on talking about this tonight, but surprisingly, um, my father was a fantastic cook. Like, and he taught himself how to cook, which is crazy, because he came here from Italy when he was, like, in his 20s, and he, like, watched cooking shows, and then all of a sudden he became, like, an amazing cook. And he used to make fucking homemade raviolis, dude. And he would start at like six o'clock nice. in the fucking morning <laughs> for Sunday dinner at one. And it was so fun. I'd have like 20 of them. I'd be like, can I have some more? Can I have some more raviolis? <laughs> it was so fucking good. Uh-huh. Uh, I can't. Imagine that. Imagine, imagine that an Italian who can cook. I know. Uh, but he was a better cook I than love... my mother. <gasps> it's true. She knows it. <laughs> watch him. My dad was a better cook than my mom too. My mom, my mom made uh, uh, American chop suey, okay, and tuna noodle casserole. Oh. Those were my mother's two recipes. Everything else was my dad. No, my mother was fine. My dad was just exquisite. <laughs> like I'm sorry, but like, oh, no. <laughs> but yeah, that sh- unfortunately that's not genetic. No, because I did not get the. My dad has it where you can just look in the pantry and go, "We've got that and that, and I can take that and I can make this." I didn't get that, Gene. Yeah, but I, I can feel like a, a, few, a very few select few have it. So I can follow a recipe. That's about it. Huh? Better than me. Speaking of following recipes, you would think you would think the easiest recipes in the world could be followed when it comes to wrestling, right? Very, very simple. You make good guy popular. You make good guy more popular. You wait till good guy super popular, and then you give him the belt. Seems easy. Seems like an easy recipe, right? Yeah. Why did I think you? Why does this sound like you're segueing, segueing, segueing? Jesus Christ, segueing into an ad for like fucking Green Chef or Blue Apron or some no, shit. No, I'm not. Um, we'll talk about <laughs> a missing ingredient in tonight's main event when we get there. But before we get there, uh, I've had a hell of a fucking day. Thanks. For <laughs> yeah, so Sal, what did you what did you cook for supper in your kitchen, Sal? Uh, my kitchen was practically in shambles all day because my sink. And to be fair, my sink didn't start leaking today. My sink started leaking on Saturday, and I had to wait till Monday to call my plumber, who then told me he'd come by today. So we prevented, like, we didn't use the sink, but did when you I turn was, the water off? No, <laughs> the water's under the stairs, and it's a pain in the fucking ass to get there. And okay. I, so anyway, when I was clearing room for him today to come by, 
I did have to turn the sink on and just so he could see what's going on. And my f- entire, like, underneath the dishwasher, underneath the sink, everything just started, like, pouring water. I was like, hmm. Ah, shit. <laughs> so I dealt with that all morning. Luckily, even though <laughs> you never want to hear this from your plumber, holy shit, that's a lot of water. Yes. <laughs> Um, luckily for me, it was just getting a new faucet and they replaced one line and it wasn't that bad, but for fuck's sake, it took like, it was like an eight hour process. Now you said in the host thread that it looked like it was coming up through the floor. Yeah. I have tile floor. So are you going to check for water damage underneath the tiles? Well, there's nothing underneath the tile. I don't have a basement. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to go to Home Depot and I'm going to buy some sealant and I'm just going to patch it up. <laughs> okay. Hey, there's only so much I can do. It's not, not my fucking house. I was going to say, not your house. Exactly. Except- if it was my house, it'd be a different story. True. But less said about that, the better. So, <laughs> let's talk about dynamite, shall we? Shall we? Uh... We open with a tribute card to Brody Lee. Let me go to the opening video. We are in Rochester, New York, you see, so expect a lot of that tonight. Shut the fuck up. Uh, We're in Rochester? They finally fucking got here? Holy shit. Hasn't this been on the docket for like 18 months? (laughs) Yeah, what the fuck have they been waiting for? I mean, hey, I'm just saying, they went to a lot of other places first. Back when they went back on the road in July. Just other places places that were open uh, and not social distancing. <coughs> Florida. <coughs> you say that, but they also went to Chicago before they went to Rochester. So just saying, let's see where the priorities anyway. lie. Anyway, Jim Ross hollers us into existence and we immediately start with CM Punk. Punk is wearing a rancid sweatshirt. Uh, the band, it's not. Never mind. Uh, he's joining commentary once again this evening. He feigns jumping into the crowd as Excalibur makes the first mention of the John Huber Legacy Foundation. More on that later. Uh, you know why he didn't jump into the crowd? Why? New York said he couldn't jump into the crowd. Oh, I didn't know that. Mm-hmm. Yes, Punk comes out. We got a really great show. Sammy Guevara is here tonight. <laughs> We're going to have a whole bunch of matches, but please welcome our first guest. Adam Cole, baby! Uh, Punk eventually makes his way to the commentary table, and JR tells us about the TNT title match. Tony explains a pointless trios match. Excalibur tells us about a 16-man tag. I did not misspeak. 16-man tag. Tony mentions a women's match. Excalibur mentions a tag match. And JR promises, up next, Jungle Boy versus Adam Cole. Punk gets one word in, and and here comes Adam Cole. Uh, Justin Roberts is wearing a very purple suit. And he makes a weird face when uh, when the crowd says Adam Cole Bebe. Made a very strange face. Uh, entered Jungle Boy by himself. Cole entered him. Uh, Cole entered by himself as well, but I don't expect that to last. Uh, we cut to commentary as Punk quickly hides a Coke bottle with its label removed behind one of the monitors. Traitor! And they talk <laughs> about up with each other. Oh shit! <laughs> did, did you catch that? He's like, what? I didn't even. I didn't even pick up on that. Uh, the bell rings, and we just stare at each other. They lock up and push each other around. Cole takes the waist, then the head, off the ropes, but Cole hangs on, so Jungle Boy gets an arm drag. 
Back to the side headlock from Cole, and we're back to a corner. Whip across by Cole. Jungle Boy goes up and over, but Cole does not go underneath. Back into the side headlock. Uh, to the ropes, but they fight instead of break. Boy takes a headlock off the ropes, and Cole gets shoulder blocked to the mat. Cole with a kick to the gut. Jungle backed into a corner. Cole continues the offense. Whip is reversed. Cole goes up and over. Jungle does not go underneath, and we get a flippity do flippity dippity arm drag. Kelly and Chad, I'm just going to say I now randomly will exclaim, Adam Cole, baby, for no reason. I don't even know who this man is, and y'all have fully just ruined my vocal stems. <laughs> thing. We make no apologies. Not for Adam Cole, baby. Uh, uh, Flippity-dippity-arm drag. There I am. Cole to the floor. Crowd loves Jungle Boy. Cole breaks the count. Jungle makes the chase, gets reeled in and stomped on, and he returns to the ring into the corner, but Jungle gets the boot up. He goes up, but gets shoved to the floor. Cole follows and sends Jungle headfirst into the apron. Cole rolls Boy into the ring and hits a neckbreaker. Boy fights back, hits the ropes, but gets elbowed in the face. Cole with the whip to the buckles, and Jungle drops on contact. Forearm from Cole, then another whip. Jungle out with an elbow and a series of strikes. Whip is reversed, but Jungle drop kicks the shin off the ropes, and a big clothesline takes down Cole. Boy wants a suplex, but Cole spins free, and we trade forearms and kick. The brainbuster by Jungle Boy and Punk says he's taken out an insurance policy with Lloyds of London to protect himself and the commentary desk from Team Taz. Okay, I love that. <laughs> okay he's like oh i want to make this clear before we go any further i've taken out an insurance policy with lloyds of london i even took one out on the desk <clears throat> jr's like oh i've heard of that racket i mean plan um i love the lloyds of london he also tried he also almost made a coal mine reference during an adam cole match let's not <laughs> let's not forget about that he he said i was trying to get a glass case put around the commentary table but unfortunately yep. it wasn't in the budget <laughs> yeah that's awesome uh, cole charges gets belly to belly towards the corner then a bridging german from jungle gets a two count boy retains grip on the waist he puts cole into the tree of woe but gets kicked in the face he kicks cole in the shoulder drops him down the baseball slide to cole's face gets a two Jungle Boy with almost a pump handle angle slam attempt, but Cole turns it into a small package, and Ushigoroshi then gets a two count for Cole. Uh, the crowd is chanting for Adam Cole. Cole yells at Jungle Boy and pie faces him a few times. Boy fires back and gets a poison rana off the ropes for a sliding elbow, and that's a two. Was it the gets poison the rana that Punk said, What a maneuver! <laughs> Possibly. Amazing. Uh, he gets the pump handle Samoan driver, and that's another two count. Jungle Boy gets sent to the floor. Cole follows. Jungle returns to the ring and charges the ropes, but Cole kicks him in the face. Cole to the apron. Boy charges, leaps over the ropes, and Hurricane Run is Cole to the floor. Always fun. Uh, Boy wants the slingshot DDT, but gets super kicked. Panama Sunrise, and somehow Jungle Boy kicks out at two. I bit like a motherfucker. Yep. To the point where I wrote, <clears throat> and that's your finish, and had to delete my sentence and retype it. There you go. Uh, Cole drops a knee pad, but Jungle Boy ducks the boom and locks on the snare trap in the middle of the ring. Cole crawls for the ropes. That's what it's called now. Don't shake your head at me. No, 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 no. Uh, Jung- I was shaking my head at um, immediately as soon as he locks on the snare trap. Punk with the f- you could tell he like fucking rehearsed this ten times before the show. Has anybody ever broken out of the snare trap, Excalibur? <laughs> no, Punk. No one ever has. Like. Come on. <laughs> there's contrived, and then there's that. Cole crawls for the ropes. Jungle releases to drag Cole back, but Cole kicks him to the floor, back in, and Aubrey gets in perfect position to not see the donkey kick to the balls. Boom, and Cole pins Jungle Boy for three. That, that was a lot of fun. That was. I enjoyed that, uh, I enjoyed that muchly. 
that actually was my note. That match was was fun. I bit mm-hmm. on a couple of spots towards the end. Um, my t- did you think Cole was gonna tap? No, but I definitely bit on the Panama Sunrise. Yes, hundred percent, hundred percent. I actually didn't think Cole was gonna tap. I thought he was gonna get himself disqualified, which still counts as a lot. So I'm glad. He- and they don't do disqualifications in AEW anyway, but. I thought while he was in the snare trap, he was just going to, like, fucking gouge Jungle Boy's eyes out or something. Um, but <laughs> I feel like we've done that spot a few times in AEW. And it may not just be AEW, because I might have seen it on NXT, too. But that spot where you trap the ref between your arms against the ropes, and, and while they're looking directly at you, you're like, don't look at my leg! And you kick the guy, you mule kick the guy in the nutsack. <laughs> Mm-hmm. We we just saw that with Miro and um, did he do it at Kingston? He did it to somebody. Oh, he did it to fucking Lance yeah, he, Archer. No, didn't he? He did it to Kingston at the pay per view. He did it to Kingston at the pay per view. Yeah, he mule kicked him in the fucking nuts. Like we just saw it. We just saw that. So okay, go ahead. Uh, following replays, here come the rest of the super elite. We go to break with the promise of their bullshit when we come back. Oh, but I didn't. When they come for character building, though, I I love that Adam Cole won. It was it was the right yeah. call. Yeah, Un, uh, unsurprisingly good match, very good match. Oh yeah. Uh, when we come back, they're all in the ring. Carl Anderson has the microphone. He runs down the hey, roster in the ring. Hot Carl's back. Don Callis is oddly but thankfully absent. Oh, that's why Carl uh, Anderson had the mic. Mm-hmm. Hmm. I didn't even realize that. <laughs> I didn't even realize Callis was in there. <laughs> Cole says he told us so. He told the world he'd beat Jungle Boy, and he did it by himself because he's elite and undefeated. He, he did Brandon tries. True. Brandon tries to yell something, but Nick cuts him off and asks Rochester if they're ready to hear the best promo in all of professional wrestling. He then hands the microphone to Michael Nakazawa. <laughs> to his credit. <clears throat> In a much more believable way than Cutler ever ever has done, Nakazawa tells everyone to shut up and then says, I have nothing to say. Yeah. And he hands the mic to Omega. I guarantee you, I guarantee you, that was a rib on Michael Nakazawa. Probably. But, again, he didn't stutter around like Cutler would have. Got his heat, told the crowd to shut up, and handed the and and then said, "I have nothing to say." Good way to parachute out of that. Gotta respect. Yes, nicely it. done. Nicely done, Mark. Uh Kenny says his phone's been ringing off the hook. People <laughs> telling him that his match with Danielson was the greatest match they'd ever seen. Wait, can we can we he, back up for a second? <laughs> My phone was ringing off the hook. That is a very old timey sentence. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, he admits that Danielson took him to the limit. Take him to the limit. Uh, but Danielson did not win the match, so he's not getting a rematch, and he'll never see Kenny face-to-face in the ring again. This brings out Brian Danielson in a plain white t-shirt. Time out. Uh, Kenny says, um, oh, everybody's been telling me it's the greatest match ever. And he goes, that's cool, but see if I care. And I'm like, what? what is that? Persona, exactly. <laughs> so you don't want to have good matches? You want to have bad matches? <laughs> oh, he just likes he just likes bragging. 
I guess, but the see if I care was like, wow, fuck you, I had a good match. <laughs> God. Uh, da, 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 da. Brian asks the crowd if they want a rematch. Of course they do. Yes. Uh, the crowd wants yes. a re- <laughs> The crowd wants a- No, that's uh, that's trademark. It's yep, yep, yep. No, that's also uh, trademark. There was a shirt. Sammy, Sammy <laughs> oh, Zane, God, Kevin I Owens. Forgot about, I forgot that. about that. Uh, the, <laughs> the crowd wants a rematch. Brian wants a rematch, but Kenny lacks the balls to give him a rematch. This brings the crowd to champ no balls at Kenny Omega. Which is much better than what I thought they were going to champ. If they can't chant, yes. I mean, can you imagine them going, correct, correct. Oh, wait, that's also someone else's catchphrase. Never mind. Is it? That was Miz. Only he would do it, correct. Oh, Jesus. Yeah. Mm -hmm. The crowd never chanted that, though. Um, So Brian introduces Kenny No Balls Omega. Kenny No Balls. Kenny No Balls. Meanwhile, JR goes, well, that's not something you want to be called. <laughs> Thank you, Jim. Thanks for hammering home that point. Yeah. Uh, so Daniel asks if anyone in the Elite has any balls, and he challenges anyone in the Elite to a match on Rampage. Kenny says, why Rampage? Why not right now? And Daniel brings out Frankie, and the Geriatric Express is his backup. Uh, they storm the ring, and the Elite flee, and that's uh, that's the end of that, I guess. You would think. I don't understand why why Kenny was like, well, why don't we do it now? And then just run away. Because I guess because because he wasn't ex- he was expecting it to be six on one. I guess yes, because Danielson said, "I'm not coming down there alone. I brought friends." And Kenny, as uh, Kazarian charges down the ramp, and as the Jurassic Express run out, you can hear Kenny say, "That wasn't part of the deal." Yeah. Yeah. Uh, back to commentary we go. Up next, a pointless tag team match. Let's go to break. Uh, of course, when we come back, Tony is backstage with the Lucha Brothers and Alex Abrantes. They are immediately interrupted by Andrade and uh, Jose, who asks where Pac is. Andrade asks where Pac is. Then uh, Jose points out it's been a while since they defended the AAA tag titles, which they're suddenly carrying and have never been mentioned before tonight. Are those AAA tag team titles? Apparently. I mean... Thanks for telling us, commentary, or even fucking um, Andrade in this segment. Like, somebody needed to tell us what those belts were. Andrade said it. That's why I wrote it down. Yeah, but... <sighs> Andrade said, you have not you have not defended your AAA Tag Team titles. We didn't even know they were AAA Tag Team champions! Right. That means someone should have mm-hmm. told us this before they just show up in a promo with the fucking belts! Have you met AEW? So they just assume that we've all we all are weekly watchers of AAA. No, they just like, hey, these guys did you get? Don't worry about. It. <laughs> um, it's been a while since they defended the eight AAA tag titles, which they're suddenly carrying. Phoenix says anywhere, anytime. Pento, Penta, Sierra Miedo's Jose, and we go to the ring. Uh... So next. Next week on Rampage, it's uh, the Lucha Brothers versus Andrade and Jose for the Triple no, Tag Team No, no, you missed it. <laughs> Did you miss it? Don't tell me you missed it. There is a point right after that. Andrade says, "You know, you're not the only luchadors in the world. I have friends, 
and I'll be bringing them by next week. Apparently I did miss that. So, I'm sitting here going, who's his friends? And there's only one answer, right? It's got to be the Lucha House Party. Grand, Met- Grand Metal League. Lince Dorado. That's who he's brought. He's- it's a Mexican yeah. invasion. Oh, my God. I can't say that. No, just kidding. Jeff will, Jeff will be so thrilled. Ah! Jeff will guess on AEW Rundown next week, not knowing that. That Lucha House Party has made an appearance in AEW. No, it it is kind of interesting, though. Like, who are we talking about? Is this going to be canon for Dynamite? You know what I mean? Or is this just a AAA thing? Also, Andrade said, where's Pac? Where is Pac? So that's still going. He'll be, uh, he'll be at next week's Dynamite. All right. Because his two-week quarantine will be up. You ready? Strap in, boys. This is going to be a good one. And I mean for all the wrong reasons. Match number two, Matt Sidante versus the Prince of Peroxide, the one, the only, the blender of races himself, Cody the All-American Nightmare Rhodes and Lee Johnson. Cody Cody rises to the stage and Arn and Lee walk out of the face tunnel like a couple of jobbers. Speaking of jobbers, Mrs. America herself, Brandy Rhodes, has arrived. Excalibur plugs Cody's new t-shirt. Mrs. TBS title herself. Mm-hmm. I caught I I caught a brief uh, a brief glimpse of Roads to the Top. Was when Moxley uh, was like, "I'm so fucking with, drunk." <laughs> no, that's from the commercial. No, from no, from the overrun that I set <laughs> from the overrun that I set on the DVR just in case. And it was I don't remember if it was for Dynamite or for Rampage because they played it after both. <laughs> yeah, no, no kidding. Uh, oh, um, but. It was, um, Brandy was in the car, I think, with her parents, and I was talking about wanting to be the women's champion. I'm like, ha, 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 oh, fuck. For more on Rose to the Top, check out Twat Magic. Absolutely. Uh, they did a fantastic job over there. Great to hear that show back, and they're covering a product that's very similar to what they were covering before. <laughs> very. But thankfully thankful thankfully for for Troy uh, for Troy's uh mental stability though. There's not an additional podcast that it has to cover. That's true. But this one actually seems more scripted than Total Bella. <laughs> oh. oh boy. Yeah. Uh okay, Excalibur plugs Cody's new t-shirt and new reality show. We already talked about it. I was planning on not talking about it, but whatever. And CM Punk wonders how much Cody's entrance costs. <laughs> That's a lot. That's a lot for one guy. How much do you think he paid for all that? <laughs> he got Tony Khan to build him an elevator? No. And only he's allowed to use it? No, Cody paid that out of pocket. That's how fucking crazy he is. <laughs> 
It's Cody. Dude, he was practically doing that in ROH. You know nobody was footing the bill over there. <laughs> um, He's kind of like the real-life Young Bucks. Like, but the the characters they're playing. Where they're like just these douchebag fucking rich kids. Um, okay. But he's the grandson of a plumber. Yeah, and he, and he dissolved race lines himself. There is no black or white anymore. It's just gray. Everything's gray. I fucked an interracial baby into my black wife. <laughs> Why are you booing me? Right, before, speaking of booing him, before Cody gets in the ring, Arn decides to quarterback this thing because he is the coach after all. Of course. He calls the opening play. He wants Lee Johnson to start the match. Arn's got a reason for everything, so don't question Arn. So Cody is like, absolutely, and goes right in the ring and tells him to ring the bell. Wow, you're a fucking first-rate douchebag. <laughs> somehow, somehow, you know, we criticize WWE for for the mental gymnastics that we have to do to try to get behind some of these characters that they put on TV. Okay, and AEW wants us to ultimately cheer Cody because he pulled something like that. <laughs> How does that work? This is gonna be Cody's gonna turn heel. No, he's not. No, 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 no. no. Wait, no, let's go through the match and we'll get to it in a second. <laughs> Trust me. Okay. Uh. So, yeah, like I said, Cody, like a fucking douchebag, scurries in the ring so he can start the match. No, I want to start the match. And then I wrote, everything Cody does right now is detestable. It's my company. It's really not, though. Cody shakes Dante's hand and the crowd chants, Cody sucks. <laughs> Xalber claims Cody is just trying to get right back on the horse. Mm-hmm. Cody grabs a side headlock takedown, but Dante manages to get up and force a break against the ropes. And then with arms with Arn screaming at him, Cody reluctantly tags out. God damn it, boy, tag Lee in. I wanted Lee to start. Oh, good. <laughs> see see, in reality, the crowd the crowd loved the AEW fans love Cody. He just gets booed in Rochester cause cause he killed Brody Lee in that dog collar match. Wow. Then he deserves it. <laughs> Lee Johnson and Seidel chain for a bit, and then Dante flips his way out of most of Lee's offense. The acrobatics piss off Lee, who gets nose to nose with Dante. So, of course, Cody has to interject himself in all this, which leads Seidel to stick up for his partner. And then Cody and Seidel come to blows, as do Lee and Dante, and this chaos sends us to box. Yeah. Seidel's like, no! Now, now, we do the flippy shit. Back from box, and Seidel has Lee in a cravat, but Lee starts to fight his way out. Lee hits a dropkick as we see Dante doing flippy shit during box. Fancy. He it was it was nice. It was he jumped up from the apron to the to the top rope, landed perfectly, and then swantoned himself off of it. So, it was it was very nice. It's like watching Ricochet out there. <laughs> Just without the finger up his butt. Uh. 
There's our episode title. Um, Cody tries a hip toss, and Dante reverses and hits a Tierras. Oh, wait, I'm sorry. Lee tags out to Cody, and here comes the booze. Cody hits the power slam, almost as good as his brother. This gets a two count. You know it's all about the booze. Cody tries a hip toss, and Dante reverses and hits a Tierras. They exchange forearms, and Cody hits a big one that sends Dante reeling. Cody hits a disaster kick on Seidel for no fucking reason. And then he spikes Dante with a vertebraker. Holy shit. He fucking spiked the kid. I will never not love the vertebraker. It's it's something. I love that move. It looks dangerous as fuck, but it's something. <laughs> um, then I put. Ver- I always used to make that one of my finishers in the WB games. It's, it's a- even even when they even when they nerfed it because nobody was allowed to use it anymore. <laughs> right. Uh, I put that vertebraker was very well executed, but Dante kicks out. Uh, and it was Cody actually set himself first and then dropped him, and I'm like. Ugh. Uh, Cody picks up Dante for a slam, but Dante escapes, and Seidel gets in the ring, and Roundhouse kicks Cody in the mouth. This brings in Lee Johnson. He tries to clothesline Seidel, but Seidel, Seidel counters into a terrorist that sends Lee outside. Seidel goes out after him, but meanwhile, back in the ring, Dante goes up top and hits Cody with a fucking sky-high missile dropkick. <laughs> Who's got more ups, him or... um? Oh, my God. Hold on. Montez Ford. Because both of them jump really high. <laughs> oh, that's a good question. I feel like Ford's a, a little bit quicker, though. I think so. Uh, Let's see here. Dante covers, but Cody just barely kicks out. Dante then hits a double jump moonsault, and this also gets a two. That was also really nice. Cody tries to collect himself against the ropes, and Dante charges in, so Cody backdrops him to the outside. And then Seidel runs in, but Cody boots him down. And Lee Johnson decides that's enough of this bullshit, and grabs Cody by his waistband and drags him back to their corner and tags himself in. (laughs) Do you blame Lee Johnson for that? (laughs) Fuck you, dude. We're (laughs) done watching this. Uh, Punk makes a comment that it's getting kind of spicy in here. Lee ducks a clothesline, hits another super kick, and hits what I believe to be a cross-legged Ishiguroshi. Something like that. And this gets the win. Yay, Lee Johnson. Shut up. Thoughts on the match before we get to the aftermatch? Uh, he's a piece of shit. <laughs> but, um... Did you like yeah, it? Yeah, I... I think this I think this was the best showcase Lee Johnson has had so far. And it was a good showcase for Dante. I mean, yeah, he does that every week, but yeah, but I mean, but I mean this this match even actually made Lee Johnson look credible. This match made Lee Johnson look more credible than when they tried to make him look credible a couple months ago by giving him that win on Dynamite and then like Remember, this is what turned led to um, QT Marshall's heel turn. Yeah, <laughs> like yay, Lee Johnson. Like this match did more for him than that one did. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. And certainly more than lasting fourteen minutes against Miro and still losing. Yeah. 
After the match, Cody looks disappointed that he didn't factor into the finish. Wah. Go fuck yourself. <laughs> Couldn't have put it better myself. Uh, Cody and Lee shake hands as Arn and Tony Schiavone get in the ring. Shivani tries to talk to Cody, but the fans boo loudly. Shivani, Shivani gets in the ring and goes, that was a really big win for you guys. Big win. It was Matt Seidel and Dante Martin, Tony. It was not a big win. I couldn't hear them. They were booing too much. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Okay. Uh, Cody, proving he's just as tone deaf in character as he is in real life. Challenges Malachi Black to yet another match. Dude, are you, you... Is that the thing with everybody in this company? Like, Jericho did it, too. Like, I'm just going to whine until I get another match, until I finally get a win. Like, it might take me six times, but, like, eventually I'll <laughs> get that win. That's, like, everybody's gimmick. or At, at least some every- point, <laughs> the odds will be in my favor. Yeah. It, it's just, like, that's your gimmick? I'm just going to keep begging for another match? Well, I'm fucking... However, Arn tells Cody what we all are thinking. Cody, stop talking. <laughs> yeah, at which point I write, even Arn is sick of Cody's shit. Seriously. Arn says Malachi Black has destroyed the Nightmare family. He's not wrong. Yay. He yells at Cody for feigning retirement a few weeks ago. He's like, what the fuck was that? We didn't talk about that. Took your boot off. Who the hell do you think you are? <laughs> Uh, and then Arn scolds him for not finishing off Black when he had the chance at Grand Slam. Again, Arn, not wrong. Arn then tries to explain to Cody that Malachi Black is an assassin who will do anything, fucking anything, to win a match. Hence, the Black Mist. Now, Arn would step in and take the fight, but he's just too damn old. All of a sudden, this turned into an episode of Gunslinger. <laughs> I just can't do it anymore. Or else I'd take the fight for you, son. He says the difference between Cody and Arn is a... Sucks. <laughs> he says the difference between himself and Cody is that if some guy tried to carjack Cody... Cody would cower and be like, please don't hurt me, and give him the car. And Arn would reach for his fucking gun and blow the dude's brains out. He specifically said, my Glock. Arn Anderson. Yes, uh, for anybody who thinks I'm exaggerating, no. What Arn's exact words were, were, I would reach for the Glock point it against the side of his head and blow his brains all over the concrete. That's what he says. Mm-hmm. Or he said, I got my pistol brains. point cocked. <laughs> and all my homies know who done it. <laughs> I can't talk to my mother, so I talk to my dying. Oh, my God. <laughs> I've seen I've seen Office Space a few times. Uh-huh. So, yeah, I wrote, so Arn Anderson is willing to murder? Not only is Arn willing to murder, Arn makes it sound like, that's just what Arn Anderson does. I'm going to pull out my cock and make a splatter paint on the sidewalk. 
who do you think taught Chris? And I'm going to leave it at that. Uh, <laughs> oh, you don't? Come on. Really? Because there's only so many horsemen that committed murder. It took you long enough. Oh, I knew who you meant, motherfucker. <laughs> no, you took did it. it to not a place. Person. You took it to a place. I took it to a place? Orange talking about fucking uh, blowing guys' heads off on live TV. Okay? And the crowd's well, like, yes! He's, like, he's talking on live TV. He's not going to blow their heads off on live TV. Um, uh, we come back from... Oh, sorry. Well, uh, Arn says, I'll be damned if I'm going to coach a loser. And he says, come on, Lee. Come with me. At least you listen. Come on, child. I actually love. Oh, <laughs> oh my God. Winners get ice cream. <laughs> this also felt like Back to the Future. Like when Marty Friendlies goes. is for winners. <laughs> But like in Back to the Future, when Marty sees his future self, and his future self's a loser, and like they're like, "Come on, kids, your dad's a loser. He lost another job." <laughs> oh, yeah. By the way, Arn leaves the ring, and Cody looks like the bitch that Arn just described. Well, <laughs> so okay. My my second daddy doesn't love me anymore. So you think this turns into Cody turning heel, because I think this is the most tone-deaf storyline they've done in AEW, and I think Cody beats Malachi Black after, like, finding, like, his inner, like, edge or something. And I don't mean Adam Copeland, but I mean, like... Hey, hey. Um No, I think this I think this turns Cody heel because they're not going to have a fucking choice. The crowd is going to just keep booing him and keep booing him and keep booing him. And they're like, well, fuck. And then they're going to turn him heel and be like, that was the plan all along. Maybe. See how good we are at long-term storytelling? Maybe. But I can also see them Roman Reigns-ing it and being like, no, you love Cody. He's going to beat Malachi Black. And the fact that he keeps bringing up his name. That would be more John Cena-ing it. Well, that too. But no... Why does he keep bringing up Malachi Black if he's not going to end up beating him in, like, a couple weeks? Malachi, Malachi, Malachi Black. Uh, we go to break as commentary tries to figure out how many people Arn has killed in his life. <laughs> not if, how many. <laughs> uh, we come back from break to three men already in the ring in the entrance of Darby, Eddie, and Mox. And wait, wait, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. What? <laughs> I would blow his brains out because I'm Arn Anderson, and that's what I do. <laughs> okay, didn't know that. Thanks. Arn Anderson is Mark Henry now. I'm never going anywhere near Arn Anderson. Like, not to ask for an autograph, not even at a fucking uh, meet and greet. Nope. Mm mm. Look at the dude the wrong way. He just pulls out a gun. <laughs> Harley yeah, Race told me up. to carry this. Excuse, excuse me, sir. I just needed to know where the bathroom was. I'm sorry. <laughs> uh, <laughs> all right, we come back from break. Three men already in the ring. Oh, my the God. Darby. Uh-oh. I just someday, I will, I will, someday I will finish the sentence. Go ahead. The match is like two seconds long. You'll be fine. Um, I just thought of something. They try on for murder, and then they bring in Flair to testify. <laughs> 
And he's like, my best friend? You're talking about my best friend? The Enforcer? He just goes completely insane. We spent a lot of nights in a lot of hotels, Daddy. <laughs> and that's what you did, because you were a horseman. No, Cyril, when they're dead, they're just hookers. <laughs> we come back from break to three men already in the ring in the entrance of Darby. Eddie and Mox. Mox wanders the crowd. Sting can't haul his leg over the barricade. <laughs> Did you catch that? Yep. And then he got mad at the barricade. Open it. Open it. Oh, God. No, and then he got mad at the barricade. Yeah, he did. Mox goes right for Bear Boulder. Eddie goes for Bear Bronson. And Darby is left in the ring alone with friend of the show, Anthony Green. Uh-huh. AG extends a hand, but Darby takes him down. Mackie Strahl Cradle gets a one for Darby. Back and forth we go. Darby with an arm drag, and Darby tags Eddie. Eddie with a chop off the ropes for a kitchen sink. He takes AG by the hair and tags Mox. AG escapes and tags Boulder. Uh, shoulder blocks have no effect. Mox slaps Boulder, then gets caught and slammed. Bronson in for a senton, and that's a two count. Boulder back in. He takes Eddie off the apron. Boulder with Bronson on his shoulders, but Eddie comes in and drop kicks Boulder's leg. Big German from Eddie to Bronson. Boulder wants to German Eddie. Mox with the waist lock on Boulder. Mox fails to German Boulder. Into the ropes. AG with the tag. <coughs> Rebound German for Boulder, and he goes for the floor. Darby coffins everyone. Uh, sorry, Darby cottons everyone. AG with a super kick on Mox. Then he and Eddie no sell across body from AG. Violent Crown, which is the name of their uh, combo maneuver, and Mox pins AG. Eddie grabs a Brody Leaf sign from the crowd and hands AG to Sting for a death drop, and that's the end of that. Why? Huh. Interesting. Why? My only real note in this match, the point of that was... Yeah, why? Why did this... What was... Why? Also, I would like to say I labeled this match as CZW versus Limitless Wrestling in Maine. There you go. Uh, we go back to last week's main event. Ruby talks about having the crowd behind her. Britt calls herself the most dominant woman in professional wrestling. One thing I will give, and for a very, very short time on the show, talk about um, still getting, you know, doing something to, to be remembered. Remember that crossbody that uh, AG leapt off the top rope and. Eddie Kingston no sold. Eddie and Mox no sold. Eddie and Mox, but okay. AG blessed himself before he launched. (laughs) Which is just like, if you know his character and like what he's done on the end, it's so fucking perfect. Mm -hmm. That's an AG thing. Mm -hmm. Uh, Yeah, Britt calls herself the most dominant woman in professional wrestling. Ruby promises to win the title next time. Long term storytelling? Eh. Or just a way to keep your opponent semi-over as she goes to the back of the line. Hmm. Oh, thank God. Sal, you're up. (laughs) Um, Only thing I'll say about Britt and Ruby, I I actually think they do have chemistry, even like Mm storyline-wise, and and I'd be down for a rematch if they told the right story. Maybe full gear. Maybe, Maybe Ruby just ain't done with Britt yet. Maybe Ruby gets back up. Like, I don't know, Liv Morgan and Sarah Logan or something. Well, I don't think Sarah Logan's probably not busy. Well, maybe, <laughs> being, maybe being a housewife and a mom, but, you know. <laughs> they can find a blonde girl and call her... Liv Morgan. <laughs> uh, okay, match number four, 16-man tag. 
OC in the Dark Order versus the Heavy Fatty Orphus. Speaking of why. Because it's the Brody Lee Tribute Show, that's why. Gotta get the Dark Order on the card tonight. Gotta kick his shit in. Uh, as the Dark Order join Cassie on the stage, JR blatantly lies to the fans and claims Brody founded this group, named it, and recruited all the members. Dude? Brody was tagging with Eric Rowan going against the New Day when this group came out. The fuck are you talking about? I'm sorry. I love Brody, but that's some revisionist bullshit right there. <laughs> and I wrote, nope, that's not what happened at all, but that's okay, JR, you keep lying. Uh, negative one is also with the Dark Order tonight. Thankfully, he's not wrestling. <laughs> Give it a year. We get a Brody chant as the Dark Order are already fighting with each other. Five takes off his mask and chucks it at Uno. Oh, this is starting off well. This allows Butcher and Blade to hit a double-team move on five, and Tennis to come in and break up the pin. Cassidy gets tagged in and hits a pockets dropkick on Private Party. He then begins to hit them with the lazy kicks. Jack Evans has seen enough and comes in and blindsides Cassidy. This leads to a Pier 16, and we go to box. You like that? I love. I, I like Ten's new mask. Yeah, it was it was great. Um, the half, the half and half. I, w- I will admit, I had no idea how I was going to approach taking notes for this match. Because it's a 16-man fucking tag. Jesus Christ, it's like covering a Royal Rumble. At least they were actually tagging this week. <laughs> Speaking of which, Alex tags out to Orange, who goes up top and hits the laziest top rope splash I've ever seen. He just goes, <laughs> thump. This- it's almost like that's his gimmick. This gets a two he's count. Also, he's also done that before. Oh wait, wait, wait! I'm sorry, I skipped. A, I skipped. A, all right. So after the pier 16, we go to box. Back from box, and Stu Grayson avoids a double clothesline from TH2 and tags out to Reynolds. Reynolds comes in, takes out Jack Evans as CM Punk calls Jack Evans Flippy McGillicuddy, <laughs> and then says that's, that's old cut. school. Uh, I, I appreciate. I appreciate. Sorry, going back to the beginning. I appreciate five uh, coming out with the mask and taking it off. Sure. Because, um, because as we talked about uh, last week or the week before, Uno inadvertently unmasked him during a match, but it kind of became a thing. He he went to put it back on and then threw it in Uno's face. Uh, if you'll remember, when when Silver and Reynolds started. They they did the same thing. They started with the mask on, and then when the match when they came out for the match, and then when the match started, they took the mask off. Yes. So we've got a bit of continuity there, which is nice. Also, we know what five looks like. Mm-hmm. If Uno took his mask for- off, that'd be a whole other story. <laughs> to be fair, I'd forgotten what five looked like without a mask on. Well, that's true. Uh, let's see here. Reynolds and Uno seem to get on the same page until Angelico throws Alex into Uno, knocking Uno to the outside. This is when Alex tags out to Orange, who goes up top, hits the lazy splash, gets a two count. However, on the outside, Uno is pissed that Alex knocked him to the outside, and Uno decides, fuck this tribute show, I'm leaving. Really, asshole? Fuck this shit, I'm out. Grayson goes up the ramp uh, to go after him, and Jack Evans almost pins Cassidy, but Five breaks it up. 
Jesus Christ, what is going on? We get another Pier 6, but it's only 8 on 5, because uh, Stuno is arguing on the ramp, and Colt is trying to follow them. They are met on the stage by negative 1, Tay Conti, Anna Jay, and wouldn't you know it, Amanda Huber. The widow of the late Brody Lee. Mm-hmm. Negative one pays tribute to his late father and throws papers at Uno's face. He came so close to hitting him, too. Hmm. Kind of sailed over his shoulder, but it's fine. The sentiment was there. Uh, at least it wasn't like Sue. Right. You just throw throw them straight to the floor. <laughs> That's true. I forgot about that. Um, he and Amanda order them back to the ring. Stuno and Colt run back, and the Dark Order clear the ring. Cabana and Angels do stereo springboard moonsaults to the outside as Punk does not acknowledge Colt's offense. Hmm. Reynolds hits an assisted moonsault to the outside onto the blade, and ten spears Cassidy through the ropes a la Big E. Silver goes... Oh, by the way, ten spears Isaiah Cassidy. That was nice. I enjoyed that. I forgot I have to specify in this match. Silver yeah. goes crazy down the outside and kicks the face off of everyone before going to the top and taking down Robo. I know his name is not Robo in AEW, but for the sake of this recap, it's fucking Robo. What is it? It's George O. I'm sorry, what was that? It's George O. George O. Jora Joel. Jora Joel. So Robo, no. <laughs> Orange hits the orange punch on Hardy, uh, knocking him off the apron, and then the Dark Order all team up against Robo. Silva hits a Garmin Gary, Reynolds hits a rolling elbow, Silva hits an Gary, Reynolds hits a stunner, Silva hits a German suplex, and Stoner hit the fatality. Silver pins Robo, and the Dark Order win. Yay, the Dark Order won in Brody's hometown. Yeah, I, re- I, still, I still really enjoy the... That combo from Silver and Reynolds, where they just go back and forth with oh, all the different. Oh, that's that's a great. I, it, I, it's great, but also sometimes it gets like a two count, and you're just like, "What? Literally, what Hi. more do they have to do?" He just hit him with 17 moves in a row. Uh, but their fluidity is amazing. Uh, the Dark Order make peace. They hug it out. We get a big group hug and ten hoist up negative one. Okay, your thoughts on the idea behind this segment uh well my first thought was please don't make amanda huber act please please don't make amanda huber act but um yeah i mean it was guaranteed to be a clusterfuck anyways right uh but i think they did a good job of it so when we heard that they were going to be in rochester and they implied that it was going to be a heavily tributed episode to Brody Lee. You kind of raised an eyebrow like, well, they already did a tribute and that was fine. So is this going to be like a lesser tribute? And you kind of worried like, I don't know. What are you going to do? Is this going to feel exploitive? Is this going to feel like too much? I thought it was fine for what it was. Um, mm-hmm. they, you know, even if it's for one night only, the Dark Order made peace. They beat up the Hardy family office. Uh, 
you know, big pop for the papers. And then we get the hug at the end, and then, you know, I thought that was fine. It wasn't too mm-hmm. it wasn't too much for me. It was just okay. They did something with the Dark Order for, for Brody's uh hometown. It's fine. Yeah, I mean if if if, if I mean if the whole if the whole Dark Order issues story was to get to Rochester, get to the Brody Lee tribute show, and then they all come back together as a family in Brody's hometown. I'm fine with that. Okay, what if this was, as they kept saying on commentary, one night only? What if they start fighting again next week? Does that make well, more sense you, or less sense? If you'd watched BTE, uh, you would have seen a bit on that, but, uh, you know. I did not watch BTE. Uh, I thought that we had already covered multiple BTs last week, so I forgot to watch BTE this week, which I know is my fault, and I'm a bad co-host, and I've been doing this for two years, and you would think I would know to watch BTE, but I suck at my job. So. <laughs> and I had a lot of shit going on today. Literally. Uh, okay. After that, we get a pre-tape from someone who Tony K has been straight begging to come back to AEW. Uh-oh. Here we go. See, y'all know him as the man of the hour. But he will henceforth be known as LBO Leo Rush. You look so thrilled that the man of the hour is back on your television screen. Didn't this motherfucker retire? Like seventeen times. For the 14th time. Yeah. Get the fuck off my screen. I hate Leo Rush. I I don't hate him. I hate Leo Rush. He's an awful person and he makes terrible decisions. He may he or is may a not, piece of shit. He may or may not suffer from mental health issues, as he is so forth claimed. <laughs> that was such an awkward boss. It was, and I didn't mean to. It was the cough drop. Um, the cotton drop. Yes, but Are I don't. I don't. I don't, I don't hate Leo Rush when he's on my TV. I'm somewhat entertained. Is he a garbage person? Sure. Are there lots of garbage people in wrestling? Of course there are. You pick and choose who annoys you the most. And for me, eh. I mean, at least he's back. At least he didn't completely abandon them, which he will in two weeks. But, you know. Okay. LBO stands for Leverage Buyout. So Leo's new gimmick is that he's a shady businessman who makes big money Leo's, transactions. So Leo's new gimmick is big money Matt Hardy. Oh, see, I put Leo's new gimmick is the black version of Andrade. <laughs> also, I can't, I cannot find that, find what the flippy McGillicuddy reference is for. So if anybody knows and wants to email us. Oh, it's fine. Jack Evans who's been on the indies literally for 20 years. I would not doubt if, if he came through ROH and they called him flippy McGillicuddy. I'm sure there's a story there somewhere. Oh, by the way, Leo has a new catchphrase. Rinse, rush, repeat. What do you think? You like it? You see it on a t-shirt? What? You don't like it? Makes no sense. I got news for you, buddy. Plan on seeing him a lot more over the next few weeks. Um, Maybe not so much after that, because they usually phase out and then they have nothing to do with them. 
But for the next few weeks, Leo Rush is going to be all over your TV. You know who's not going to be all over your TV? Because they've moved into this part of their Dynamite career, or their AEW career, rather. And that's the next people that we get a pre-tape from. It's FTR! Hey! So FTR has entered that phase in their AEW career where they're doing nothing but cutting um, pre-tape promos and trying to sound tough and trying to make it sound like they're the best when we never actually see them wrestle. At least not on Dynamite. Jackson missed they got lost for a moment after Crash hurt his arm. Uh, and then they may have gotten too obsessed with Sting, but as of today, Tully has put them in the right direction, and they are more dangerous and focused than ever. Top guys, out. Any thoughts on MTR, or is this just another nope. promo that will lead absolutely nowhere? Like yep. Archer's shit, when he was like, I'm getting tired of beating people up. Oh my god, that's right. When he interrupted Sting for five weeks, and then nothing fucking happened. That's what this is going to be, isn't it? <laughs> FTR is just going to keep having uh, pre-match, I'm sorry, pre-tape promos, and they're just going to be like, FTR, the greatest team ever. Top guy's out. You guys haven't fought in two months. Anyway. Back to the ring. Also, top, because I'm the only one who watches NXT UK, top guy's out just really makes me think of Gallus Boys on top. Who are they again? Joe Coffey? No. Mark Coffey. Joe Coffey, Mark Coffey. Joe Coffey, Mark Coffey, and Wolfgang. Yeah, but who's specifically the tag team? It's Mark, Mark Coffey and Wolfgang. Mark Coffey and Wolfgang. Okay. But the Coffey brothers had a tag team match last week. Oh, okay. Uh, back to the ring, and Dan Lambert is in the ring. God, I hate you. You had like a three-minute fucking recap match. And I have to deal with Dan fucking Lambert. Lambert is with the men of the year and brags about Masvidal's knee caving in Jericho's face. We get more. Thank you, Jorge. We get more lying as Lambert says Jericho took a floundering company to the top. Hey, Adam, how is a company floundering when they haven't even started yet? Because <laughs> when they brought in Jericho, they hadn't even got a TV deal yet. That's how they were floundering, pal. They're only on pay-per-view, pal. They weren't even. He was literally there on the first of the year when they had the press conference announcing what AEW was. And nobody <sighs> cared. And then Jericho came and people cared. Or something. Yes, for five 20, minutes 20, before Jericho 20 came bucks. Out. 20 bucks says Jericho wrote that promo for Lambert. <laughs> Lambert brags they ended Jericho's career and there will be no more fuzzy records. I'm sorry? <laughs> There'll be no more what now? Because he definitely didn't say Fozzy. He tells them they will never again swing off the balls of Jericho. That's a phrase I never wanted to hear. <laughs> what the fuck? God damn it. God damn it, it's in my head, now it's going to be in your head too. <laughs> swing on the balls of Jericho! <laughs> oh my god. The crowd responds with a shut the fuck up, Chant. Swing the balls down! <laughs> Scorpio grabs the mic and reminds everyone that a year ago he turned heel and has done fuck all since. Yeah. 
But that's okay, because he grabbed this giant sonic ring. And then that didn't do anything either. <laughs> uh, but also... Uh, in, case you were, in case you were curious, it is 60 uh, Boston at the moment. Nice. Dan Lambert apparently was paying attention, and he sees Scorpio Sky as a main eventer. Yeah, okay. In this company? To, to be fair, we... To be fair, we were paying attention to him like this. is going to be a goddamn thing. <laughs> uh, and then also a main eventer, or self-proclaimed main eventer, Ethan Page. Ethan Page calls out the AW stands for thinking that people who swear and flip off people and paint their faces are tough. Swearing's cool. No, he's tough, because he has two black belts in martial arts. He's tough for having never been pinned or submitted in AEW. And he's tough because he has the tightest tits in the game. <laughs> I don't even know what to say to that. <laughs> I will say that he, he, he did say right before that, I have the prettiest smile in all of wrestling. But the tightest tits in the game line threw me. <laughs> Our friend Astro just redeemed no cursing, so I'm not allowed to swear for the next ten minutes. Ha <laughs> Good luck with that! Uh, they refuse to get looked over anymore. Men of the Year and American Top Team are the top team. So, top team out? <laughs> <laughs> top team, guys! Top guys team! team top guys, guys team out. out! Top pinnacle. We are the pinnacle, so we're at the top. And we're a team. Team of so top team, team. of tops. <laughs> Sorry, that's something different. Um, <clears throat> Let's yeah. go back to the pre-tapes. Yeah. Oh, oh wait, did you have something to say about Lambert? No. And his fuzzy records? No. <laughs> I thought you know what? I will say this. I thought Ethan Page cut a good promo. That, Dan Lambert saying fuzzy records is like the joke I always said to you. At at your house talking about your kids and who hey, kids listening to your Bobby eyelash. <laughs> you kids and your fuzzy <clears throat> records. It's true. It's like, uh, anyway. Um, no, I will say Ethan Page cut a good promo, but it. Uh, you you're in three P's. Who cares? It's going to lead to nothing. Oh right. my god! Oh my god! Oh my god! Can I say it? Can I say it? Can I say it? Are, are you all right? I just got an update. Okay. Can I say it? Sure. Motherfucking Red Sox win! They beat the Yankees! I haven't got that yet. I just got the 6-2. to two. I just got it. I just... There it is. Yeah, there it is. See, that's why I said, can Red I Sox. say it? the ALDS. Right. Oh, thank God. I don't even care what happens after this, just as long as we beat the Yankees. Yeah, shut, <laughs> shut the shit up. Yeah. Shut it down. Shut it down. Uh, yes, let's go back to the pre-tapes, where we hear from Hikaru Shida on Dynamite for the first time since she lost the belt. Right. Jesus Christ. <sighs> and that's a shoot. She never got, like, a promo afterwards when she lost to Britt Baker six months ago. <sighs> she says a lot has happened in two years, moving to America, becoming a superstar in Japan. And now... Now... She's on dynamite because now she has a chance to get her 50th win. So nothing against Sheeta, but I said this when they did it with Jungle Boy. 
Who gives a fuck? Right? Who cares? She'll try for her 50th next week against the woman of a thousand holds. Serena Deep. And she's gonna win. Sheeta? Yeah. Yeah, probably. Dude, Serena Deeb lost a big swole on Dark. Ooh, ho, ho, ho. Shows you what they think of her. Like, like right after she was signed. So. Oh, and by the yeah. way, here's Adam for another three-minute match. <laughs> oh, finally. Uh, I literally wrote that. Oh, finally. Enter the bunny and Penelope. Enter TJ, and we start with a brawl. Tay suplexes Penelope on the floor. Anna rolls Bunny in, and the match begins. Bunny into the corner for a back elbow, and Tay tags in. A double back elbow gets a one count, maybe a two. Who cares? Uh, I didn't finish typing Penelope. I wrote, Peniel comes in, Peniel. and she and Tay start, and she and Tay, Tay start fighting, even though there was no tag because she just came in from the floor. Again, who cares? Tay knees the top buckle and falls to the floor, probably not on purpose, and they double team Anna and a half box we go. When we come back, Anna, uh, Bunny and Anna are in, and they both tag out. Clothesline from Tay, then another. Super kick from Tay, then a springboard cross body. She tags Anna back in, and they double suplex Penelope. This gets a two count when Bunny breaks it up. Tay is yelling loudly. Penelope Matrix is under a clothesline and hits a stunner. Gut buster from Penelope, and sadly, that's not the finish. Penelope puts Anna near the corner and goes up top. Anna avoids the moonsault. Tay completely misses a TKO on yeah, Bunny like on, the, that, on the floor. I wrote, uh, I wrote, how's that whiff on that fucking TKO? <laughs> The, 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 the breeze from her knee knocked her over. Or the tie uh, KO, rather. Tie KO. Uh, Queen Slayer by Anna, and that's the end of that. <laughs> My next note? Jesus. Negative one reappears to get hugs, and they cry. I think you mean negative one reappears to stick his face into take Conti's boobs, and they cry. Hey, kid's 11, I don't blame him. We go to for we go to a video from Jade Cargill for a triple threat this Friday. They all promise to win. Enter Maxwell, Jacob Friedman, and and Wardlow. Oh, MJF says he wants AEW to be successful, and he's willing to do whatever it takes to make that happen, as long as he's given what he deserves. We're on the precipice of something spectacular, he says. There are a handful of young men who will continue pushing this company forward for the next couple of decades. Four pillars in Jungle Boy, who we beat, Sammy Guevara, who we beat, Darby Allen, and him, of course. Without Max, AEW ain't... <clears throat> word I'm not allowed to say because of Astro. Ain't nothing. Uh, he's the past, present, and future of AEW. He deserves to be the champion. If Tony Khan doesn't start giving him the opportunities he deserves, he has other friends from back in the day, friends like Bruce Pritchard, who he has on speed dial. Before he, sits Bru before he says Bruce Pritchard, he does say, TK, I think you're great. I mean, you're easily my second favorite con in all of wrestling. <laughs> yeah. That was nice. No, no, no. He goes, you're, he goes, you're definitely in the top two. Oh, the top two. That's right. That's right. <laughs> Uh, da, 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 da. Enter Darby Allen. Bunny's mask is still on the stage. That made me laugh for some reason. Uh, <clears throat> MJF says Darby has whole school shooter mime on a skateboard look about him. Nice. Wow. Uh, he tells Darby there's nothing wrong with being the second best guy in the company. Darby tells Max to GTFO because nobody would care if he did. Go. Go. Leave. Oh, Who'd Darby. Care? Darby, by the way, getting himself over being like, I'm AEW till I die. Everybody's like, woo. Which, based on my offense, will happen live on Dynamite. Which, based on my offense, will happen in three weeks. Or possibly on pay-per-view. Buy full gear. Uh, Darby's oh. AEW for life. 
Side note, let's take a little very quick sidebar. Um, on Roads to the Top, I heard from a beautiful podcast called Twat Magic that Darby was wicked beat up after getting thrown down the stairs and Tony Khan and Cody were like, but you're wrestling tonight, right? I thought you said you weren't going to talk about that show. But dude, that's fucked up. Like, you just took a bump down the stairs, and your boss and the owner are like, yeah, but you're totally going to wrestle tonight, right? <laughs> That's some fucked up shit. Anyway, go ahead. Uh, yeah, so as you said, Darby says he's AEW for life, and among the two of them, Darby's the only one to have won a title. Oh, snap! Sick burn, dude! Uh, MJF then informs the crowd that Darby is straight-edge because of his alcoholic uncle dying and almost killing him in a drunk driving accident when Darby was a kid. I got a surprise for you. Meow. Darby already informed the crowd of that two <laughs> fucking years ago. Yeah, I remember. Yeah. MJF just leans full into it and says Darby should have died in the accident, and then Darby tells Darby to hit him. Darby refuses and tells him to keep talking, so Max leaves. Darby says, you're not going to break me mentally, Max. So you got anything else to say, now's the time. And he dares MJF to keep talking, and MJF goes, we're done here. And then he storms out with more luck. Um, I appreciate the direction this took of Darby not playing into Max's insults. Mm-hmm. This just means Max is going to try harder, but still. <laughs> I don't mind a Max Darby program. Right? I was thinking the same. Although I do have a slight issue with none of the four pillars being Hangman. <laughs> just saying. Oh. Hangman's gone. <sighs> I know, but it's just weird. Um, because he's not that far off from age from the Hangman. other. I mean, he's not no, but 24, don't you, but... Don't you remember Hangman is a loser and a piece of garbage? <sighs> this Friday on Rampage, Nick Jackson versus Brian Danielson, the women's three-way, hair versus hair, lots of fun. Next week, uh, we'll talk about that later. Miro versus Sammy is next. But first, Sammy talks about Fuego being an idiot. So does Miro. Yep. It's my fault. It, it's my fault that it, you have a gambling problem. Sammy was just straight up. I wa- I didn't think he was going to bet his car. Yeah, but I appreciate Miro being like, it's what my a fault. Dum-dum. It's my fault you have a gambling problem. Yeah, right. Ah, tonight, your main event of the evening, tonight. TNT Championship match, Miro versus Sammy Guevara. Sammy comes out first, and then Miro comes out, strikes his jump pose, and then makes a face like he accidentally just shit himself. Fuck! <laughs> oh, shit! Wait, you're not supposed to swear. That was what the belt was. Oh. Sammy charges at Miro, but Miro, Miro calmly avoids a flying knee. Sammy tries again, and Miro basically blocks it and swats Sammy down. Miro puts the boost to Sammy and then hits a quick suplex to the Spanish God. Miro continues to punish Sammy. Sammy tries to fight back, and Miro lays him out with a running back elbow. Miro then chokes Sammy with his own chain and rips it off his neck. What the fuck? <laughs> that was a nice chain. And Miro broke it! What a jerk. What an asshole. I'm not allowed to say that. No, I know. Sammy storms back and hits a running cross body, sending himself and Miro over the top rope to the outside. We take a pause as I ask you, 
Well, how long is the timer for? Uh, no cursing is for 10 minutes. I'm going to try to, to be right there with you. I'm going to try okay. to not curse for 10 minutes. Let's do this together. They fight ringside, and Miro charges at Sammy, but Sammy sidesteps and chucks... I'm not, I'm not restarting the timer if Sal curses. That's fine. Only if I... That's fine. They fight ringside, and Miro charges at Sammy, but Sammy sidesteps Miro and chucks him into the steel steps. Sammy continues to slam Miro's face into the stairs and then throws him back in the ring. Sammy goes up top and attends a shooting star press while Miro is standing. Uh, Sammy's body hits Miro, and Miro doesn't really catch Sammy on impact, <laughs> but at least grabs him right before his knee yeah. bends all the way back and completely tears his ACL. Yeah. That? Gross. Oof. Yeah. You know, we talk about um, some of the things that happen in this, in this company, some of the botches that, you know, someone's going to get really hurt. That was close. That could have been one of your Joe Theismann moments. Mm-hmm. And then Sid. what would you have done? <laughs> yeah, that's a good, that's a very good oh, callback. Oh my god. That could have been Sid, and then that would have been the worst case scenario in that situation. Um, yeah, so I don't know whose timing was off there, but it was, it was not good. I think it was obviously Mero's fault. I think that's what we know. Miro carries him to safety and then hits a big overhead belly to belly. Miro looks Miro looks relieved as we go to break. That's a nice suplex. Oh, thank God he didn't break his fucking leg. <laughs> I said roll leg. You failed. I said no. I said roll leg. I didn't say it. I didn't say it. You failed. I did not say it. Speaking of going to break during break, since I was watching on totallylegal.com, it is worth mentioning that the crowd had started dueling chants of we want Lana and no we don't. <laughs> I am solidly on the no we don't camp. We want Lana. No we don't. <laughs> Back from break and Miro drops massive elbows to Sammy and then chokes him with a headlock. Lana is the best. Lana number one. Wrong! <laughs> Miro whips Sammy into the turnbuckle and charges in, but Sammy escapes. Runs off the ropes and attempts a jumping knee strike, but Miro evades this and delivers a released German suplex like he was Brock Lesnar or something. Mm-hmm. Miro dramatically balls up his fist, like way. <laughs> this was so bizarre. Way dramatically. And what what move does he hit? Well, obviously, he, he cocks it back and hits the Superman punch, right? I mean, why else would you lift your fist in the air? No, I he... have the power! <laughs> clothesline. No, I was going to say, then he lifts up Sammy and just clotheslines at Sammy just down. Close, just a clothesline. I'm like, wait, so you were showing off your forearm at that point? <laughs> <laughs> it's got nothing to do with the fist! Uh, he goes for a second time, and he nails it. Uh, the crowd actually chants one more time, which is strange, because they are behind Sammy in this match, but... If you got a stiff clothesline someone, I guess they're there for it. Mm-hmm. Uh, Miro revs up and goes off the ropes, but Sammy catches him and hits a Spanish fly. I didn't expect that. That was nice. That was nice. Sammy follows up with a super kick, a shining wizard, and a pump. Oh, almost a pump kick, but Miro sidesteps it and tosses Sammy with another released German suplex. But this time, Sammy lands on his feet. 
Miro charges at Sammy in the corner, but Sammy ducks, and Miro flies up and over the top turnbuckle to the floor. That was something. <laughs> he did, like, the Ric Flair up and over, but where the post is. <laughs> yeah. Uh, the crowd in Jim... Oh, wait, I'm sorry. Sammy then runs from one corner of the ring to the other, leaps over the top turnbuckle, and down onto Miro on the outside. Whoa. Mm-hmm. Yes. <laughs> the crowd and specifically Jim Ross, lose their minds. Yep. Good stuff. Good stuff. Sammy throws Miro back in the ring and climbs up top. Sammy leaps, but Miro's back up. Oh, here we go again. Uh, however, Sammy front flips over Miro. Miro catches Sammy coming in and plants him with a urinagi. Miro covers, but Sammy manages to kick out a two and a half. Miro fires himself up and calls for the end and wastes a lot of time doing his dumb Rusev stomps. Miro charges at Sammy with a Mashka kick, but Sammy ducks and counters with a running knee. Sammy hits a second one and then hits a Garmin Gary. Sammy goes back up top, but Miro catches him and tries a suplex. Oh, I'm sorry, a superplex. Sammy punches Miro back down to the canvas. Sammy hits a flying cutter. <coughs> Miro pretty much no-sells it. And with Miro already getting back up uh, before Sammy can attempt to cover, Sammy gives us the throat cut gesture and tries to lift Miro for a GTH. Hilariously, CM Punk does not comment on the phrase GTH. Yeah. Sammy struggles and Miro escapes and hits the Machka kick. Miro covers, but somehow, someway, Sammy it? kicks out. Miro calls for game over, and Sammy rolls to the outside. Miro then goes all George Steele and rips off all four turnbuckles because Miro <laughs> is dumb as a brick. Ma, mad, ma. Before Miro can rip off the fourth one, Fuego runs down! Well, he has to run. He doesn't have a car. <laughs> uh, Fuego tries to prevent it, but Miro just punches Fuego off the apron, and Fuego tumbles to the floor. Sammy scurries in and hits Miro with a running knee to the back that sends Miro face-first into the exposed turnbuckle. Oh, no! Sammy falls up with a tornado DDT on that surgically repaired neck! (laughs) Sammy musters all of his strength and and lifts Miro and hits the GTH. Crowd is going banana. Sammy does not attempt the pin, and instead, he goes to the top rope. He gives Miro the double birds, and he hits the 630. One, two, three. And we got a new TNT champion. He landed kind of weird on that 630. He landed on the side almost. He landed on his, like, hip. But Miro sold it like he landed on his balls. Yes, he did. It's like, oh, oh. JR screams out, Stone Cold! Stone Cold! Stone Cold! <laughs> I'm sorry. JR actually says, Sammy! 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 Spanish guy! Spanish guy! Spanish guy! AEW Dark Regulars come to the ring and congratulate Sammy. <laughs> we are told we'll hear from the new TNT champion during the first commercial break of Rose to the Top. No, we won't! Fudge that noise! <laughs> Not even the promise of a new champ's promo is going to get me to watch that garbage. Nope. No. Nope. Sammy celebrates with the belt as we go off the air. 
Your thoughts on the main event? I'm glad they had the confetti ready. Uh You know, just in case. Just in case. It was a a tweet from, uh, who was it? Was it it from Five? Let me go back here because I sent it to my friend. Yes, it was. A tweet from Five that was a video of him removing a piece of golden uh, confetti from Sammy's rear end and putting it in his teeth. Oh, it's a video. Even even better. See if I can get this. Gross. (laughs) He peels it off his off his butt and sticks it in his teeth. Yes. So that is a thing that happened with Alan Angels. Yes. Um. Yeah. Um. Again, great match as expected. So Dynamite this week opened with a great match, closed with a great match. Um. The title change was uh, not a surprise, but I wouldn't say fully expected. It could have gone either way. Uh, they could have done something to lead to to a rematch, and Sammy takes it the second time. But uh, fuck. Um, but I, I thought this was a great match. Um, hopefully, we've and we've said this the last four title changes. Hopefully they actually do something with the TNT title now. I mean, I didn't hate Miro's reign. Miro fought two actual contenders and five jobbers. It was similar to, ironically, it was very similar to his U.S. title run, the first one before he lost to Cena, where he fought Jack Swagger, and that was about it. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> um, okay. So, I guess I didn't hate Miro's TNT title reign for Miro, but for the TNT title, it did absolutely nothing. You are correct there. Mm-hmm. Here's my thoughts, though. I liked this moment. I thought it was fun to have Sammy win. I thought he got the pop he deserved. Mm-hmm. I've never been so mad at a guy winning the title who I wanted to win the title because I don't get why AEW did this now when Sammy was ice cold. Like, granted, him winning this automatically puts him in the forefront and everybody popped for it and it's still a great moment. Mm-hmm. But how great would have this, would this have been if we capitalized off of all that momentum that Sammy had from winning the stadium stampede and we put him in the feud with MJF and he went through the labors and then he won against MJF and then we do this this feud with Miro. I feel like that would have maximized uh you know, Sammy winning the title. I I don't know that you can ever say that Sammy Guevara is ice cold. Cause it's, cause it's Sammy Guevara. I know, but he did nothing since, oh my god, since that time that, uh, Hager fought, uh, Wardlow in the little lion's den. I think that's the last time we saw Sammy do anything on Dynamite. Okay. But, he won the title, and the crowd exploded. Yeah, no, they did. They did. And rightfully so. 
Because I've been waiting for something like this for Sammy Guevara for a while. Mm-hmm. But I don't know. I just thought he was red hot coming out of that um, when he and I thought I always said this. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not disagreeing with you that 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 he should have been used more for coming out of Stadium Stampede. I'm I'm disagreeing with you in calling him ice cold, basically. That's because I don't think you can ever call him ice cold. That's fair, but I, I chilly chilly McFreeze maybe a little chilly oh. McFreeze. I I just think that. I mean, I said this before. The wrong person was in the feud with MJF. It should have been Sammy versus MJF. And, you know, you wasted it to have more matches featuring Jericho. Pretty much every one of those matches, every one of those labors would have been better if it was Sammy instead of Jericho. (laughs) I think it's a fairly honest statement to say X match would be better with Sammy Guevara in it instead of Chris Jericho. My my only question is, would Sammy have been able to carry it promo-wise? That I'm not sure of, because I will say, to give the devil his due, Jericho did a lot of talking during that program. Yeah, but the promos weren't good. No, but it's... We, talk, we talked about that going into week five, no. where MJF's promo put over Jericho while also putting over MJF, and Jericho's promo was, me, 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 me. No, you're correct. Jericho's promos weren't good, but... Um, would Sammy have been able to cut promos against a guy like MJF? Like, at least Jericho has the confidence for that. You know what I mean? He's believing what he's saying, even though it's just all about him. Yeah, you gotta, I mean, you gotta give him a shot, but. I would have. I would have given Sammy the feud against MJF personally, but of course we can't make Chris upset. Um, as far as Dynamite overall, it was fun. It was, uh, it was, Actually, a little bit lighter on the tribute aspect than I thought it was going to be, and I'm not saying that's a yeah. you know, I'm not saying that's a bad thing. Or I, I'm happy with with the way they they pay tribute to Brody. Um, I don't really understand why Punk is on commentary, but I knew that that feud with Team Tabs was going to be a one off. There's no one left for him to fight. <laughs> Can't fight Hook. That'll be a disaster. Yeah, I don't know. And Ricky is half dead, so... Punk is on commentary because it's a thing that gets him on TV. Of course. And they're like, we're not going to pay you $3 million so you can sit on your ass. Get out there and talk. Well, I mean, that's not terrible considering he's done commentary a bunch. Not just mm-hmm. in wrestling, but in he was commentary in UFC for a while, so... I don't think he's bad at it. I'm fine with him being there. I think it's funny when he's like... Yeah, I'm scouting this young guy because that's the guy I want to face. And I'm like, you don't want to face Dante Martin. You think your cardio's up for that? <laughs> At this point? You want to go and get Dante Martin? I don't know, dude. You might be blown up <laughs> in like two minutes. Um, but anyway, the rest of Dynamite was fine. We got in six matches, but because some of the matches were so short and so pointless... I'm looking at you, John Moxley. Yeah. Although I, I will say for 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 AG, it must have been cool getting the Scorpion Death Drop from Sting. Oh yeah, definitely. He posted about that on Facebook. See, there you go. But uh, yeah, there was a lot of pointlessness tonight, though. There was a whole lot of fight. Like we just came out of Grand Slam, and now it's like, uh, let's see. Yeah, we're definitely gonna do a TNT title match. 
And then we're definitely going to do uh, a Dark Order tribute match. Uh, hey, let's let's get the blondes in the ring. All right, they've been doing something. And uh, hmm. the uh, the varsity blondes. <laughs> so I don't know. It seemed like some of these things were fun, and then everything else was thrown together. Mm-hmm. After the show uh, went off the air, or maybe it was the promo during the commercial break. Um, but Sam, it was a, it was a nice promo. Sammy paid tribute to Brody. Uh, you know, and I don't want to call it, uh, kind of cliched, but kind of hack, but it was, you know, I'm going to be a great TNT champion, but you know, I'm not, there's only one man that you can call the greatest TNT champion of all time. Uh, and then he made, then he, you know, he had the crowd chant for Brody. That was about it really. Um, yeah, but we have a challenger for next week's dynamite. We'll get to that, uh, in a bit. First though, we got to talk about rampage. Yes, we do. AW rampage. Friday night, October 1st. At least that's when it aired. It's It's my wedding anniversary. Oh. Excalibur, was that your 10th? 10th. 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 Was that your 10-year wedding anniversary? Correct. Oh, congratulations. I can't believe I remember that. (laughs) Uh, Excalibur welcomes us to Rampage, and after introducing Taz, we begin right away. Speaking of which, I guess Ricky took the night off, so it's just the dark commentating team. Really, the cat just hit the camera with his, with his tail. The microphone, but do you mind? Oh, do he you, did it again! You, Jesus! Do you mind? That's a mic smash by the cat! That's a cat smash! Cat smash! Jesus, we're gonna need a... Which, Troy, is different than a pussy smash. Yes. But we're gonna need a soundbite and a graphic and the whole night. Oh my god. Anyway, match number one, just... Brian Danielson... Just so you're aware, before we get to that, uh, Bruno just showed up in chat to say "f you sell." What? <laughs> he did say he did say just kidding, but Bruno I ain't got no heat with you. Hate Adam. <laughs> everybody in the, everybody else in the chat does. <laughs> uh, match number one: Brian Danielson versus Nick Jackson. Nick Jackson comes to the ring alone. Pretty much. I mean, given who they usually roll with, seeing Nick come out there with just Matt and Cutler, it's a little bit of a shock, to be honest. The bell rings, and Daniel and Nick circle and circle and pause and circle. Nick applies a side headlock, and Brian tries to shoot him into the ropes, but Nick comes back with a shoulder tackle. Shockingly, this turns into a drop down, leapfrog, duck one, and then Nick Jackson catching himself against the rope. Going to the apron and back flipping onto the floor to show Brian he's good at doing flips. Yay. Cutler cold sprays him. No, no fists, just flips. Mm. Cutler cold sprays him, and then Nick cold sprays his armpits and his nutsack. True fact. I, I appreciate Taz going, what the hell? <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, Danielson uses... Bruno- Bruno says he just he just he has to say because he just doesn't like Team Taz and you're like Taz's brother. I have nothing to say to that. Disapproving Sal face. That's right. Do you know how hard you have to go to get disapproving Sal face? That's true. That's a new one. Uh, okay. Danielson uses this nonsense to hit Nick with a suicide dive. By the way, when Brian Danielson does it, it's a suicide dive. <laughs> Ryan tosses him back in the ring and then hits a shotgun missile dropkick. 
Brian lays in the S-kicks and then locks Nick in a Ramiro special, as commentators tell us that this was taught to him by one of my all-time favorite names in wrestling, Jushin Thunder Liger! Oh, I thought you were going to say George Romero. From Dawn of the Dead, you know? No? Am I wrong? Jushin Thunder Liger, great, great wrestling name. It's a good, it's a good name. It's a fucking good name. And it's old school, but it's still like has maintained. Troy's gonna yell at me for talking about another podcast, but do you listen to, to Wrestling Anonymous? Mm, yes, but I haven't, um, I missed the past couple episodes, but yes, okay. I have. This was more than, more, this is a few episodes back. There was a story about Jushin Thunder Liger that was really cool. Anyways, nice. go ahead. Um, Okay, let's see here. Danielson then transitions into a dragon <clears throat> sleeper, and Nick flails away in pain. Nick rakes the eyes to escape. They exchange strikes and kicks, and Danielson throws Nick into the ropes, but he counters and flips back with a clothesline. The crowd chants something, and Taz comments, that's a long sentence for a chant. Any idea yeah. what the fuck they were saying? Nope. We are going to cheer because we approve of this match, and this is one of our favorite matches. Yay! <laughs> like from the old, from the old late night with Conan O'Brien, uh, the guy who who I thought for the longest time was Mike Birbiglia, but wasn't Mike Birbiglia, doing the really, really long chants at like the, at, the, at the ball game. Oh my god! Such a good bit. I used to love that bit. Uh, let's see here. Nick springboards but gets locked up in a double arm suplex in that, and then Danielson th- turns that into a cross arm breaker. Danielson then goes to work on Nick's arm. He hammerlocks Nick's arm in the ropes and then just forearms him in the chest repeatedly. Brian continues to manipulate Nick's joints and even ties his arm behind his back with his foot. That looked painful. He was like stepping on his shoulder blade. Mm. Oof. Uh, Nick backs Brian into the corner, but Brian responds with stiff chops and hard kicks. Nick finally hits a roundhouse kick and is able to create separation, and then he hits a Mexican-style arm arm drag. Nick tries a corner splash, but Brian moves. Brian tries the running drop kick, but Nick moves. Nick throws Brian outside and then distracts the ref, so Matt Jackson can lay a beating on Danielson. Matt Jackson mean mugs to the camera as we go to a promised... 90 seconds worth of box. Uh, let's see here. Where was I? Hold on. Sorry, my notes get a little bit wonky here. Not 90 seconds worth of box is my least favorite adult movie I've ever seen. <laughs> uh, back with Danielson not being phased by the yes kicks before firing off his own in the corner. He's like, come on, hit me, hit me. Is that all you got? Nick throws the crappiest yes kicks. He really <laughs> fucking does. The moonsault into the running clothesline sets up the big kick to the head for two on Nick. The label lock is applied, but broken up in a hurry, so they head to the apron, with Danielson kicking the post by mistake and then getting suplexed hard. Nick hits a big flip dive, and it's a scorpion death lock to put Danielson in trouble back inside. With that broken up, Nick hits a super kick, but Danielson is back with a tiger suplex. Uh, he hits hard elbows to the face. He rocks Nick again. And then he applies the cattle mutilation 
And Nick taps out. Mm-hmm. Fairly quickly. Mm-hmm. Um, this is a good match. Not a phenomenal match. Not very noteworthy, I'd say. Kind of by the books. But I enjoyed that the cattle mutilation was the finish because you don't, you don't often see that. I did too. There, okay. The thing I liked about this match a lot was we're getting back to, to submission specialist Brian Danielson. Mm-hmm. He will tie you up in a pretzel. He will stretch you. He will, you know, like Roman's catchphrase is, I'll smash you. Like, this is, Danielson will fucking stretch you. And he did tonight with Nick. And I think that's a good thing. That's where I, I don't want him to turn into Zack Sabre Jr., but I do know that when Brian Danielson applies a submission, it looks fucking great. There was one point where he pulled Nick Jackson's face back before mm-hmm. he locked in the Romero special, and he looked right at Paul Turner, and Paul Tur- and he goes, I have until five. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Brian Danielson going back to his William Regal roots. Yes. Yes. Uh, let's see here. After the match, here comes the elites. Here come the boys. Uh, Bruno says, is it just me or does every, or is every match I want to see from Danielson in, in New Japan? Zack Sabre Jr., Naito, Ibushi, etc. Uh, you might get your wish. I wouldn't be surprised if he goes to Wrestle Kingdom this year. Hmm. He's, he said it when he first was doing interviews. You know, he's free to do whatever he wants, wherever he wants. And Japan was a big thing on his list. Yeah. yeah. Uh, if Brian Danielson fights at Wrestle Kingdom, will you watch that match? Probably not. But at least you're honest. Not waking up at four in the morning. You can watch it elsewhere on totally legally websites. I don't got time for that. <laughs> yes. Who has time for a 20 minute match? Seriously. Uh, who, has, who has who has time for a twenty seven minute episode of BT? Honestly. <laughs> so, <laughs> the elite come out. You're not wrong. Twenty seven minutes. Uh, the elite come out, and they they attempt to, the beat down on Brian Danielson. The Jurassic Express make the save, and when the Jurassic Express come down, Kenny completely bails. Like yep. he, he's like the, yeah, he pieces right the fuck out. First one out. Yoink. So they beat the shit out of Adam Cole, and Cole is yelling, "Kenny, Kenny, Kenny!" <laughs> and I'm like, "Oh my god, they're already starting the the dissension between him and Kenny because <laughs> that goes way fucking back to our age." And I'm like, Kenny's got to help him. There's no fucking way Kenny leaves him there. Like, they cannot do that already. And Kenny, very reluctantly, very, with a lot of convincing, dives back in the ring to try to help Adam Cole and immediately gets locked in the lapel. <laughs> face to face with Cole. Yes. And they both scream and tap. <laughs> I feel like they were trying to synchronize their taps, but Kenny started tapping first. Yes. Yeah, he did. He did. Uh... Do you do you like that here, where the elite kind of got a little bit of comeuppance, specifically Kenny and Cole? Of course, of course, absolutely. Good stuff, good stuff. Uh, let's go to a video from Ricky Starks. <laughs> well, no, no. Let's go to Will Hobbs introducing a video from Ricky Starks. Yeah, that too. Like what the fuck? That was weird. 
Yeah, I forgot about that part. That made no sense to me. Uh, Ricky Starks, who is absolute in the fact that he is not scared of Brian Cage. Uh, and supposedly they are going to have a match. I honestly don't believe it. Mm-hmm. This has been going on. This is like Steiner versus Steiner. It's not actually going to happen. And when it does, it's probably going to have a lot of smoke and mirrors so that Ricky doesn't fucking get crippled. Uh, Punk talks about the only reason he beat Will Hobbs is experience. It's an experience. My note for for Will Hobbs slash Ricky Starks was, is this Fast and Furious? (laughs) Uh, Yeah, Ricky with the souped-up car, right? He, yeah, he's driving something fancy. Look yeah, up. it was something. Yeah, I don't know if it, I don't know if it was expensive or just super fast, but it was nice. It's about family. <laughs> Team Taz is family. All right, Dominic Toretto, calm down. People are starting to get that he is back, and people are going to be gutting for him. This is punk, by the way, and that's what he wants because he would rather choke on greatness than starve on mediocrity. Choking on greatness. I saw that movie once. Oh, my. That's a different kind of movie. You ready for match number two? Enter Jade Cargill because it's women's three-way time. Now, that, I that now I've seen that kind of movie. I saw that movie, too. Nylander's second, then Thunder Rosa. The bell rings, and Jade goes for Thunder. Thunder with kicks and strikes to both her opponents. Thunder turns a choke bomb into a bulldog into her leg on Jade. Nyla sends Thunder to the corner, but eats an elbow and a boot. Rosa dies, but gets caught and slammed, and that's a two-count. Rose and Nyla face off and trade forearm strikes. Sorry, Rosa and Nyla face off. Nyla wasn't striking herself. Uh, Jade ducks a clothesline. This gets confusing. Uh, Jade ducks a clothesline and hits a pump kick as Vicky just screams from ringside. Jade clotheslines Nyla to the floor, and Rosa goes back up, coming off with a missile dropkick to Jade, and we go to break. Break. Thunder Uh, Rosa, by the way, almost as cool of a name as Jushin Thunder Liger. Thunder, 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 Rosa. Uh, When we come back, Rosa drop toe-holds Jade into the middle rope, then dropkicks her in the spine, then the titties. Rosa grabs a trash can that's in the ring and dropkicks that into Jade's titties as well. This gets a two count when Nyla breaks it up. Nyla wants to choke slam Rosa, but Rosa drops out and shoves her into kind of a spine buster from Jade. It was like kind of a spine buster, kind of a, a sky high, but neither. Uh, Rosa gets kicked in the face and then a very awkward neck breaker from Nyla to Jade. Rose locks on a single leg Boston crab, but Rosa breaks it up with a drop kick. Nyla kicks out at two. Thunder Rosa wants a running drop kick to Nyla in the corner, but Nyla moves to the apron. Rosa Rose wants to powerbomb Rosa through a table at ringside, but it's blocked. Uh, just the opposite ends up happening. Uh, Rosa tries to drag Nyla back to the ring, but Jade wallops Rosa with a chair repeatedly. Jade covers Rosa for three after about six or seven chair shots. What a finish. I mean... I like that when we I like that we went to break on nothing, and when we came back from break, there was a trash can in the ring, there was yes. a table set up outside. That's true. So, I guess if you're going to have Jade pin Thunder Rosa, then six or seven steel chair shots are are helpful. <laughs> I guess. I mean, better than just her hitting the finish and pinning her, right? Uh, but I was I was. I don't know. They didn't say this was a number one contenders match. Right. 
But they did that thing where they like implied that there would be heavy title implications. <laughs> they implied implications. implications. Um. So if we get Jade versus Britt, I don't know how I feel about that. Yeah, I know. But I feel about it. It's not good. So hopefully, yeah. we, hopefully, we still somehow pivot. I think, I think worried is a good word to use. I, I think I think we still somehow pivot to Thunder Rosa versus Brett at full gear, but we'll see. They can do this shit for the next two months or whatever it is until November sixteenth or whatever the fuck day it is. Somewhere around there, something like that. No, because that's not a Saturday. It would be the thirteenth. Or the fourteenth, because no, they've been doing Sunday be, pay per views. Uh, no, it would be it would be the fourteenth. Fourteenth is a Saturday because the twentieth is a Friday because I can't go to Lucky Pro that night because it's my kid's birthday. Oh, there you go. And it's not the twenty-first, so it's the fourteenth. It was that's right. It was the seventh, and now it's the fourteenth. What happened after the match? Uh from there we go to a video from Malachi Black. Malachi, Malachi, Malachi Black. Uh Black hopes he poisoned Cody with the mist. Then we go to break. That mist, by the way. I hope it seeps. Your pores and corrupt your blood. And that will teach you to pick a fight <laughs> with me. That will teach you to knock on my door. Malachi Black says that the mist came from his heart. You should probably have that checked out. <laughs> so he's coughing up blood. Okay, good. So that's what happened. It wasn't even a mist. It's just an accident. Cody's in the wrong place in the wrong time. <laughs> <sighs> oh my god. I just saw the title of the WWE rundown. Okay. Good job, Bruno. Um, I'm going to assume that's you. Anyways, uh, we come back to an awkwardly edited video package from Sammy Guevara. I re- I rewound it like twice. It was like, did the, did the commercial cut in late or was it just, no, they just cut the, cut his, uh, his, his promo from after dynamite very strangely. Yeah, they did. Um, apparently Bobby Fish has challenged Sammy for the TNT title. We run down next week's Dynamite card. More on that in a moment. Then it's time for Box and Box and Box and Box and Box and Box. Mark Henry made of an interview. Mark asks Matt Hardy about forcing Jack Evans into this match. Matt says it was Jack's idea. Jack looks incredulous. Orange has no idea what's going on. Mark explains the rules. So Orange, is prom- Orange promises not to lose and wanders off. This is going to suck. I won't lose. <laughs> oh. Yeah, Matt, Matt, he's like, I don't, I don't know what's happening. And Mark goes, if you, if you, if you lose, you, you lose your hair, you get your hair cut. Yeah, I won't lose. And I won't lose. <laughs> Wander uh, away. Yeah. Um, I don't blame Cassidy. I have no fucking idea what's going on either. <laughs> Bruno said at some point, said in, in all caps, Sal, don't say that. And I don't know why. Anyway, I'm assuming he meant the title of the episode, which I will not. I will (laughs) not say that because people need to go download that because I'm I'm looking forward to that one. Uh Matt Hardy is uh, with Jack Evans, of course, and because of his distraction, Evans gets in and gets a roll up for two. Cassidy comes back with lazy kicks before spinning Evans around by the hair. Hardy gets in a cheap shot, and Evans adds a spinning kick for the from the apron. A 450 splash from the apron crushes Cassidy, and we go to break. Jack Evans does hit a nice 450. 
Back with Evans countering the Tornado DDT into a Northern Light Suplex. A Michinoka driver gets two, and Standing Sky Twister Press hits Cassidy for the same. Cassidy is right back with the Tornado DDT and the Top Rope DDT, and that gets two again. Cue the Hardy Family Office. Uh, there is something about the sight of Butcher wearing a Mickey Mouse t-shirt that is just unsettling. I thought you were going to say hilarious. Unsettling. Like, that man is a serial killer. That that works for the... the his name is The Butcher. I know. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> it is unsettling. I think it works very well. Um... Yes, cue the Harder Family Office, and then out comes the Dark Order. Chuck Taylor and Will Yuta uh, run to cut them off, and then the Orange Punch finishes Jack Evans. Thoughts on the match? Uh, <laughs> it was. It was. It was, it it was fine. It, it happened. I didn't hate I, it. I think I'm more of a fan of Jack Evans than you are, though. Uh, or at least I used to be, because uh, they grab Jack Evans, specifically Chuck Taylor. And they give him a skullet. <laughs> it's bad. It's really bad. However, I do appreciate that anytime there's a hair versus hair match, wrestlers will always have fun with what they do, because they know it's all getting shaved off anyway. Right. So they'll give him, like, the hawk mohawk. <laughs> you know what I mean? Um, what'd you think of the aftermath, aftermatch, where they had fun styling Jack Evans hair? Yeah, uh, based on his Wikipedia, this is apparently the second time he's lost a hair versus hair match, if I was skimming that correctly, while I was looking for Flippy McWrinkle tits or whatever the fuck CM Punk said. Um, yeah, I mean, like you said, it was just them fucking around, because they're going to shave it all off once they get to the back anyway. I appreciate the skullet, though. It was, uh... Perfect for something the best friends would do. Brother, brother, brother. I enjoyed Chuck, I enjoyed Chuck Taylor dressed up like a barber. Are we done here? Or does Matt Hardy God, still I, need to have his head shaved? I fucking hope so. I don't know. I feel like Matt Hardy still needs to have his head shaved. We'll see. We shall see. But, I mean, Matt wants, I mean, Matt left Jack to die, basically. Yep. Yeah, he did. So I hope that God, this is over. It might actually be because you brought you bring up a good point. Matt was like not around to like throw a temper tantrum or be like, next week Orange Cassidy, next week. (laughs) (laughs) I'll get you if it's the last thing I do. (laughs) Yeah, he didn't say any of that. He just disappeared. So you know, it'd be great if the Hardy family office could just disappear. I wish. I don't I even just, mean. I was. The I was members. just gonna. Say, I was just gonna say that. I don't even mean the members, but if they could just dissolve the faction, I'd be fine with it. Nightmare Collective, anyone? Yeah, just dissolve the faction. Like seriously, it's stupid. It makes and no nev- sense. And never mention it again. They put so much time in in story into why Private Party signed with Matt Hardy, and they did absolutely none of that for everybody else in the Hardy family office. It is amazing that, like, Matt Hardy has, like, seven followers, and we barely know that. <laughs> oh, the whole Jorah Joel thing happened on Dark, so. That I know, 
but like the butcher and the blade were there for like one week because Matt like paid him extra money, and then they just were there. And then the he, same thing with he, fucking in Helico. He, and T- he bought them out from under pack or something. Yeah, it was. I don't know. It was kind of lame. Anyway. Anyway. Tonight. Because when this episode comes out, it will be. Tonight on Dynamite. What do we got for us? Uh, oh, yeah, we're skipping BTE. Uh, tonight on Dynamite, the Elite versus Brian Danielson and the Geriatric Express. Uh, Sheeta gets her 50th win against Serena Deeb. Yep. Sammy Guevara defends the TNT title against Bobby Fish. Why? And because it's a special <clears throat> anniversary episode, a casino ladder match. With the winner getting a title shot. Yeah. Uh, Pack versus Andrade versus Mox versus Archer versus Orange Cassidy versus Matt Hardy versus a Joker. Wait a minute. They stuck Pack and Andrade in this shit? Mm-hmm. Ugh. So what are you most looking forward to? Uh, Probably Sammy versus Fish. Really? Yeah. Could be good. So... I know you. The, ha- the, the latter match is just going to be chaos. I know you haven't watched NXT in like a year, but um, after- I watched it a couple of weeks ago. Well, after the undisputed era broke up, Bobby Fish. The undisputed era broke up. No, oh, sorry. Jesus Christ. <laughs> I- um, <laughs> Bobby Fish's solo efforts were lackluster. I mean, he only had like two or three matches on NXT TV, but it's just they weren't that good. And he fought Roddy Strong on one of them, and you would think that they would put on a great match, and it was like, eh, it's kind of boring. I don't know. We'll see. We'll see. A lot of matches just going to be chaos. Um, so, you know, and they haven't, they didn't announce anything as far as I remember for Rampage. So, last last week we got one match. We, this week we got nothing. Yeah. So, it's almost like they're flying by the seat of their pants. <laughs> Um, speaking of the casino ladder match, that segues nicely into the news this week because, uh, skipping that because we read all that, uh, former WWE superstar, Buddy Matthews, which I, I, it, that is not, no, that's not a good name. Sure it is. You know how many people probably use that name in, in wrestling history? He's probably got a lot, a fucking list full of jobbers from the 80s and 90s that were called Buddy Matthews. <laughs> it is. It's generic wrestler name number five. It's bad. Hey, I'm Buddy Matthews. Wasn't there a Wesley Matthews? I don't know. Uh, Josh Matthews. Huh? Uh, former WWE superstar Buddy Matthews is perhaps teasing himself as that Joker entrant with a post earlier this week on Twitter, which merely featured the Joker uh, or court jester emoticon and nothing else. The tweet has since been deleted. Do you have any interest in seeing Buddy Matthews as the uh, seventh? Uh, no. Uh, yeah, seventh entrant in the casino ladder match tomorrow night, or no. tonight. No. 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 You know okay. why? Because Buddy Matthews... You want to know why? You want to know why? Buddy Matthews will get lost in that locker room in about two weeks. Like, that is the wrong person to bring in. Can you, can you imagine if it's Leo Rush again? Leo Rush gets to be the Joker twice. That will annoy me. Wouldn't be surprised, though, if it was someone else. No, he's going to Impact. No, he's not. Impact sucks. That's very loud. That is extremely loud. 
Anyway. Comp, 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 comp. Uh, <laughs> and I, by the way, I, the only reason I even want to see him in AEW is for selfish reasons, because I'm not going to watch Impact. Yeah. Because why would you? <laughs> uh, all right. The only other thing that I got uh, this week, we talked about, we touched on it briefly earlier. AEW has announced the formation of a nonprofit that wanted the late John Huber, a.k.a. Brody Lee. The company announced on Wednesday that they, uh, that uh, they, Amanda and Chris Huber, the wife and brother of the late AEW star, have created the John Huber Legacy Foundation. Uh, which will provide support to people in creative fields who have not taken the next step in their career because of family obligations. The foundation will select a group of creative individuals starting in 2022 to support with resources, connections, practical skills, and direct funding. The announcement notes that the cohort will meet throughout the year to learn from experts in areas including business planning, artist management, public relations, brand management, finances, and IP law. These skills and connections will help them provide for their families while also helping them pursue their dreams. Quote, John almost gave up on his dream of wrestling because of his family, unquote, said Amanda Huber, but he got the call to move up to WWE while we were in the hospital with our first child. I can't think of a better way of honoring his commitment to family and his career than to help others, uh, other people who are facing the same dilemma, unquote. Uh, many artists and wrestlers are never taught how to manage their finances, investments, and assets in a way to make sure their family is secure, said Chris Huber. Like our father, John also always wanted to make sure he was making decisions that were the right decisions not only for his career but also for his family uh the first application will be round will be announced in early 2022 um i feel like we we talked about this last week with they when they actually released the press release because that happened on wednesday uh oh no that would have been after either way i saw this before but it was very it's it's a very nice thing to do and um if you listen if you go back and listen to uh the one that springs immediately to my mind is the, the 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 new day podcast uh tribute episode to to brody um, one of the things they talk about, and one of the things that has been talked about by anyone who's talked about Brody Lee since his passing, is how dedicated he was to to his wife and kids. Uh, and I remember specifically them talking about how uh, instead of waiting for the flight, Brody would hop in a car and leave basically from the arena at the end of a loop just to make sure he got home for that extra hour and a half, two hours, six hours, whatever it was, to be with uh, to be with his family until he had to to head out again. So, yeah, it's been well documented. Brody was a family man first, and um, his dedication to his family is just it, it's heartbreaking, you know, because he passed. But um, <laughs> hey, it, it's it's actually great that they started this foundation. So mm-hmm. good on mm-hmm. them. for sure. Uh, you got anything else? Well, uh, just a quick comment on Dynamite. So, we're going to put Danielson and Omega in the ring again. Every time, every time any, either of us says on Dynamite now, on my Dynamite, brain just, my, my brain, exactly. Hey, quick comment on Dynamite, on Dynamite, we got to talk about Dynamite. Dynamite. Kenny, you're going to face them on Dynamite. Uh, yeah, speaking of Kenny, so in that match, we have basically the Bullet Club. Kenny Omega, Adam Cole, and the Young Bucks versus Danielson, the Jurassic Express, and Christian. Okay? Do you think we get physicality between Danielson and Omega? Of course we do. We can't hold off on shit like that. Nope, nope, nope. I don't think we do. This is the company that booked Christian Cage versus Kenny Omega in a match two weeks before they booked Christian Cage and Kenny Omega in a match. Brian Danielson and Kenny Omega are going to fight with each other. If it, if they do, I think it will be very minimal. I think Kenny will play up his character. He'll avoid him at all costs. He'll get in the ring with everybody else. And um, they'll do that to start. But then, 
Brian will outsmart him. And it'll be that thing where, like, Kenny's looking at his corner and looking at his team and being like, I'm a fucking genius, and somebody will tag Daniel in or Daniel will tag himself in and stand behind Kenny, and Kenny will turn around and be like, oh, shit. And then Daniel will beat the shit out of him. But does he make him tap? No, you can't Not do yet. that. No, you can't Not yet. do that. No. In fact, I think the Elite win, personally. Um, Remember how we said you were a loser piece of shit? <laughs> Guess what, motherfucker? Um, I think the Elite win, and I think the Elite pin the only person that uh, it would make sense to, to pin in this match, and that would be Christian Cage. That would be Luchasaurus. Well, it would be, except for Christian seems to be here to take losses, so... <laughs> no, no, gotta keep the dinosaur strong. Have Christian take the pin. Fuck him. I mean, he's a fucking Stanford stooge. <laughs> hey, what happened to that Paul White versus Billy Gunn feud? <laughs> <laughs> Let's assume they had a friggin' five star match on Dark. Just not that, even Dark, not even Dark Elevation. Just, just that phrase, by the way. <laughs> five star match on Dark. Uh, anyway, anyway, good times. That wraps up week 102. 102? Your rundown. Any any highlights or lowlights you want to call out from the past two years of doing this bullshit? Um, I, I, I will say that I've had an absolute blast doing this show. Um, it feels a lot less argumentative <laughs> than other shows on the network. And that's my fault because I like to argue with people. But um no, we've had a lot of fun. I I gotta tell you, just from a product standpoint, I never thought the company was gonna sign Daniel Bryan and Adam Cole. Yeah. Like that's not something that even crossed my mind. Um Sting, that one kind of makes sense. But <laughs> you kinda knew how obsessed Tony Khan was with WCW that he was gonna <laughs> sign Sting. Um, and it hasn't all been perfect, but it's been fun. MJF. It's certainly, it certainly hasn't all been perfect. Yeah. That's for sure. MJF, the rise of Britt Baker, uh, Kenny is the champ, Dark Order, obviously Brody Lee, Hangman. It's, it's been different than what I was used to. And at this point, that's all I can ask for. <laughs> sure, yeah, sure, sure. <clears throat> Yeah, they obviously we're not. If you've listened to five minutes of this show, you know that neither Sal or I are someone who are, are, are ones who will tell you it's perfect. <laughs> AEW is per wrestling perfected. It is the greatest company on the face of the planet. Um, but uh, I would say overall, uh, even though it may not seem like it from week to week, uh, there's been more good than bad. Yes. Um, and you know, have they, have they, have there been missteps? Of course there have been. Um, there are things that, that we have certainly thought they could have done better. Um, and, and we are both happy to point those out when they, when they occur. Um, but, uh, I, I have enjoyed doing this. Uh, I, even though I have not always enjoyed watching it, uh, there have been, uh, there have been a couple episodes like the ones that were on that, uh, 
thing that looked at that whatever the, the very beginning of the pandemic when they moved out of Daly's place for four weeks and it was like looked like somebody's fucking practice field. Oh, that the warehouse. <laughs> yeah, with the gra- with the fake grass underneath <clears throat> the the floor the, the floor mats at the ringside. Yeah. Um, but um, we we have uh, we have survived the pandemic era of professional wrestling for now. Um, hopefully, we don't get pandemic 2.0. But um, and I uh, there there are companies that would not have made it through. Right. Uh, oh, especially one absolutely. as young, especially one as young as AEW is. So I give them I give them credit for that. Um, and yeah, it is still for the most part an entertaining product, and I am very much enjoying doing this uh, doing this show with you every week. And oh, uh, thanks, that with folks buddy. hanging out with folks on Twitch. Yes. Um, so uh, here's the two more years, and then we'll see where we're at. Uh, <laughs> So that wraps up week 102 of the AEW Rundown. As always, be safe, stay sane, be be kind, be strong, and remember, you are not alone. 800-273-8255 if you need it. 800-273-TALK in the U.S. Um, Somebody loves you, I promise. And with that, that means we're going to do something to your rampaging dynamite. Stop. That's not, that's not a, that's not a, that's not a thing. That's not a Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America NA, member FDSE. You have been listening to a Rundown Wrestling Network production. Please visit rundownwrestling.com for all of our shows, as well as our other special events. Keep it locked there, or subscribe to the Rundown Wrestling Network on iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcast, Stitcher Premium, or anywhere you get your podcast from. Leave us a voice message that we will play on an episode by going to anchor.fm slash rundownwrestling slash message. Join our Patreon at patreon.com slash rundownwrestling. You can show us how much you love us by buying us a cup of coffee for just one buck. 
at ko-fi.com slash rundownwrestling. Go to reddit.com slash r slash rundownwrestling. Follow us on Twitter at Rundown Network. Like us on Facebook at facebook.com slash rundownwrestling. Email the show your dick pics and twat shots via rundownwrestling at gmail.com. Or go to Instagram or YouTube and look for Rundown Wrestling. Follow us on Twitch by going to twitch.tv slash rundownwrestling. And you can also follow our host Adam on twitch.tv slash the saleser effect. This has been a Rundown Wrestling Network production. <laughs>